The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to This Is Your Laugh, the podcast that interviews well-known female stand-ups and comedy actors about what comedy has taught them about life. This podcast is brought to you by ITV Comedy 5050 and we're your hosts, Roxy and Alice. Our guest today is actress and writer Daisy Haggard. Gracing our screens from a young age, her extensive experience means she's ticked off the holy trinity of acting, theatre, television, as well as film. Her sitcom credits fall into cult classic territory, having appeared in Green Wing, Peep Show, Uncle and the League of Gentlemen, amongst many, many more. She's currently filming new Sky comedy series Breeders, starring opposite Martin Freeman, and her darkly comic new gem of a sitcom, Back to Life on BBC Three, which she co-wrote and stars in, has now been picked up for American screens after being smothered in five-star reviews. She's had leading roles on stage at the National Theatre, the Royal Court and the Almeida and has appeared in several feature and short films, including Brit rom-com I Give It A Year. And if you haven't seen her in the flesh or on screen, then you may recognise her voice as that of the Ministry of Magic Lift in two of the Harry Potter films. And lift us up, doesn't she just, Roxy? Alice, I knew you were going to do that. I was like, cut that out. <laughs> I'd be very restrained. I want to do like she elevates us. Oh, God. Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Hello. Hello. podcast. <laughs> Did you like your cheesy intro? so cheesy. I loved it. I'm going to listen to that every night. Amazing. Fall asleep to every it. Every time I feel insecure, I'm just going to play that to people I meet in the street. You've got your alarm clock, you know, like a motivational yeah. uh, wake up. That's really good. Well done, guys. Well, no, you've done it, not us. <laughs> oh, so much. Well done. I'm amazing. <laughs> Daisy, I feel like you need the biggest well done because you've gone through basically a labyrinth today to get We're here. talking of lifts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, bloody right. Lift. Bloody, bloody lifts. <laughs> yes. I got lost on the way here, guys. It's not because I'm stupid. I found really, her on really the clever. roof. I've got, I got ended up on the roof, but let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> hi. We found her. <laughs> Yay. So let's go back to the very early days of your career. <laughs> Perhaps when you graduated from drama school, let's take it from there. So you went to Lambda. I did. The London Academy. The London Academy of Dramatic Art. Dramatic Art. Oh, yeah, music's yes. in there as well, yes. yes. And so what did you think when you graduated from there? What did you think the next few years would look like for you? I thought that if you set your alarm for 9.59 on the first Monday that you left drama school, your agent would phone you at 10 with a list of all the jobs that you were going to get. And then you would just be really successful very quickly and do lots of auditions and it'd be fine. And did that happen? No. <laughs> I don't think they even knew I graduated. This is my old agent. And no offence, they were brilliant. But I, um, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> I think about four months later I went, hi, by the way, I'm graduated. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> oh, so actually, hang on, you signed before you left then? I had an agent. Yeah, I had an agent. I was very lucky when I left. And then, um, mm. and then I... I did move agents eventually, but um, I did have an agent then, and and it was all great for a bit. But it was uh, yeah, the the first bit I think was just not what I fantasised uh, would be. It was just you know you've got to you've got to make you work. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. then I ended up writing a play and putting it on in a small theatre. I mean, you know, it wasn't great, but it was something. What was it about? It was about working in the Harrods Christmas decorations department. It's <gasps> called Shop Floor, um, and. Uh, <laughs> And I just sort of, we just sort of generated a bit of things. Some people from drama school, we all kind of got together and put on a little play, basically. And yeah, just the realisation that, oh, okay, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be 
is going to be different to that. Uh, so I just worked a lot of different jobs and uh, had a few auditions and then occasionally would nearly get something and then not get something. It was a slow burn. So what what, what changed? Because obviously like, you well, have done a, a, a whole host of television shows since then and now... Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing I... Uh, well, the first time I quit my job only to go back again was Green... Was Green <laughs> at Green Wing. I was like, Goodbye. <laughs> Holmes Place Health Club. <laughs> I don't need to be a receptionist here anymore. I've got an amazing job. And then I was like, hi, <laughs> back again. I oh, really, so you kept coming back to oh, reception jobs. Oh, I kept jobs. quitting my reception jobs dramatically, thinking I was going to be successful. And then <laughs> Did you do oh, a yeah. pretty woman move, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. screw you. Thankfully, I didn't because they let me go back. Um, but yeah, then eventually, then it was like, I don't know, I think it was after, I can't remember what it was. I think maybe when Man Straight Woman happened, then I didn't. Ha- I didn't go back to my reception jobs. And oh, what that was, was that like? Well, I, I think I always just thought I would. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that gym's closed down, so I'd be I'd be totally screwed. But um, I'm we sure I, I, I always yeah. You could yeah exactly yeah. Or like a pub job, anything. I'm up for it. Um, but yeah, I think I, I it was it was it's good. It's good to start that way because you then you you totally realise <laughs> oh you know you, you go oh okay this is quite hard this job. And so you generate your own stuff and you are really grateful when you do get work and you don't sort of assume anything. Yeah. Do, do you use the things that you learn in those jobs in your writing or in your acting? Because I, mean, I know people say it's a bit of a cliche. Oh, I'm so glad I did different things and I had other life experiences because it's really informed what I've ended up doing. But yeah. do you did you actually find that there was anything tangible that you took from those jobs? Yeah, because of the people that you meet. Because, uh, you know, you're in danger <coughs> otherwise of just meeting actors mm. <laughs> and if you were writing for instance and then the only characters that you've got in your head or people that you're surrounded with are actors then that's not they're, they're brilliant but they're not they're not ev- the everyman you know like, yeah. so you kind of like they're, 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 otherwise all your characters are going to be like oh darling I had another audition and it didn't go well <laughs> you wouldn't you know the rest your of the population. Ref- point of reference is quite limited yeah. so I love doing other jobs it was brilliant and, and, and fun and I mean, there was always loads of really good stories I used to work at this gym and I'd be, I, I was so naughty. I was like a barmaid. I used to just make people buy me chocolate because they were all really thin and muscly and they all secretly wanted chocolate. So I'd be like, it says on the screen, Richard, that you need to go and buy me some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Richard would go, oh, okay, I'll go and get you some chocolate. <laughs> I got really fat, but it was fun. <laughs> and did you ever work in Harrods as well? Then? I worked in Harrods Christmas decorations department, yeah. Wow. Um, did you get a discount? Two years in a row. I didn't want one. <laughs> No offence, Harrods. Yeah. <laughs> no offence, Harrods. Um, I just didn't want lots of Christmas decorations. So does it bring back really bad memories now? Christmas music Yuletide? haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> because it was July and I'd be listening to it. So yeah, I did that and then looked after lots of kids as well. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think those jobs are really, they're, yeah. they're, they're part of everything. Yeah. And genuinely, I think there's still part of me that thinks, oh, I could... Uh, you know, I might have to go back and work in a pub at some mm. point or whatever. It's <laughs> humble. No, it. it's not. It's just genuinely like that's our that. No, it's it's not. It's just that thing of you know, if you've had, you know, you just it's, it's nothing's forever, is it? You just have to enjoy the moment, but also be prepared to to do other things. Mm, mm. Yeah. With, with your own work, then, um, how much do you think that did have an effect on helping you get cast in television shows, and then ultimately leading to you getting to write back to life? So, with the the Harrods one, for instance, like, did did you get people along to see that? Like, what was your? Well, I did. I don't that? really know. I don't know if it had an effect, but I, uh, but I, I, well, my drama school audition was based on a character that I worked with in Harrods. And so then from that, I, I did a little play. I mean, it really wasn't very good. But, it, you know, it was me using my brain when I was otherwise be sitting around feeling a bit like, oh, God, a bit shocked. Because you go through, you know, when you go from drama school, you go 
from working sort of you know doing more acting than you're probably going to do in your entire career let's yeah. be honest yeah. you know you, you're working 12 hours a day and you're you know you don't skip a day you're not allowed to be ill are you or it's have really a mean the it's way really they make you work that hard and then give you the exact opposite when you leave they should I mean, train they, you I mean, to honestly more, i want you to know? go to drama i feel a bit angry with drama schools i want to go into drama schools and say right first of all this is how you do your tax yeah. this is being self-employed get a job like let's on on Mondays to Tuesdays do like a trade job like learn how to do something really yes. cool like become an electrician or oh, yes. plastering Plumber. something brilliant yeah, plumbing something that you can apply and use you know when you're not working and you could work around I want to like go in, and then this is how you do an audition these are how you, this is auditioning this is getting you a TV totally script totally I just think that's I you. think that should be that should be the total oh priority instead it's like learn a Shakespeare speech and you don't have to do that no no <laughs> do you have are you a patron of any drama schools no because I'm too grumpy with them <laughs> right <laughs> but I should be I should, I should go in and be like right guys come on this is what we're going to teach young drama students totally on my these uh, are the things you need to do on my darker more sadistic days I do sort of fan about going into drama school and saying saying to all the budding young actors you think you're different oh, <laughs> and even as I'm saying this now you still think you're different <laughs> they will and when you think you'll still think you're different but you're not yeah. you're just a no, number but I know you are different you are I different, would actually though. say you, you are. are different and actually I know I would I think that's too statistic I would say no, you are different person. but go no I would just be like but no, be a plumber don't but, but yeah but, but get a really useful sideline and it will take the pressure off yeah. and you won't be stressed about you know, get, I don't know, yeah. yeah. So did you balance it then? You didn't get too emotionally stressed or anxious about being out of work or? I think that I'm stupid enough <laughs> that I'm quite an optimist. So I'd be really devastated and then I'd be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen today. <laughs> so that just got me through. I don't think it was like strength. <laughs> I think it was just optimism though. Just I love optimism that. and Reset stupidity, yeah. So when did you know then you... I love would... dreaming about what might happen. Oh, but the, yeah, so I, sort so more, fun, I get more dis- yeah. distressed if I knew what was happening for one year. I'd be like... <gasps> but if I like, I'm like, today, anything could happen. Anything could change. Have and it your... could in this industry. That's yeah. the interesting thing, isn't it? Has your reality ever actually married up with your fantasy of what would happen? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say well, with no, a career yeah, like yours. No, yes, of course. There's a moment where you suddenly get, you know, you get the job that you really want and you're like, but then you have to do it and then you worry that you're going to be really bad in it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, 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 of course you have. I mean, you know, getting a show commissions and stuff is amazing, but then there's a moment where you're like, oh my God, yeah. I've now got to try and do it well or this whatever. Is real. But um, But yeah, I would like to go and tell drama students those things. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to know that? Oh, absolutely. Especially from you. I probably, wouldn't, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be listening to what you're saying. I think there'd be a lot be... of angry plumbers going, why are all these actors doing really bad plum jobs? <laughs> yeah, How yeah, dare yeah. you? The, if a plumber listens to this, they're going to be furious. But <laughs> I had a landlord that told me to be a plumber, actually. His my daughter was also it. an actor, and he was like, I've told my daughter, you guys need to be plumbers. But She's I just really think if you've got it. a skill that you could do that would keep you going mm. as well, it would just take that. 100 percent. i'm trying to move into a new place at the minute and i'm putting all these calls out on facebook for plumbers and you know if you could do it yourself you'd save a shit ton of money yeah. that's right yeah <laughs> um so so on, on back to life then obviously we are jumping hugely here all right but um what in terms of that coming to fruition did you had you spent years in development with things not getting things made yes. and then yeah so yeah what, yeah i had loads so you of ideas never know about these bits so no, go God, on yeah, tell I us about your of, failures oh, I had so many failures don't worry <laughs> i had so many years of trying you know trying to make things or writing something i got commissioned and you think you get really excited and you think oh my god i've got commission from a really good channel and it's you know and then it doesn't happen and then you're like oh 
next? And you just have to keep picking yourself up and, and uh, use the stupid optimism <laughs> gene <laughs> and keep going, really, I think. Um, so, yeah, I had, I had loads. Of, I've, I've been, I wanted to write something, get it something made forever. Um, so this is amazing to have, to have had it. It's quite good to have it when you're a bit older as well because you are much more like... Uh, realistic about it and a bit more like you're you're really grateful but you're also like you don't I don't know you don't expect yeah as much. I don't know it's just that's slightly different well, I tell myself that because <laughs> What do you think was different about Back to Life that made people say, yeah, we were actually going to make it? I don't, I don't, I, well, I don't know. It's definitely its own thing. And I think I was very lucky because two brothers, Harry um, and Jack Williams, were ha really sort of believed in it. And, and also uh, we took a long time to develop it. And at times a frustratingly long time to, to develop it because I was like desperate just to get on with it. But the time was a really good thing in the end because it meant that we then captured, we then sort of shot a taster tape, which they paid for very kindly, and we sort of managed to capture the tone. So I think what happened is that we were able to, I think if someone had just read it cold, they might have just been like, what is this? Am I meant to find this funny or sad or what? You know, they would have got confused, just like they'd have got genre blind. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm. um, and I think because we were able to film this little thing, we, um, we, uh, we were able to literally just sort of say, "This is this is how it's going to feel. Do you like it?" And then that really helped because it, people seemed to like it and they understood it. And they understood its voice. So I feel like that that really helped. That was the difference. Yeah, yeah. Really which is why I'm always telling everyone on all young people who are doing stuff. I'm like, just make your own. Make it. Just make your own things and try and mm. explain it. And you know, try to just just because no one will be able to just to, just be, give show people what you're yeah. trying to say. So on the note, actually, of Back to Life, we should probably explain what it is for people who yeah. haven't seen it without giving it away. It's a beautifully written sitcom. I'm very sycophantic in these podcasts, but I really <laughs> genuinely, genuinely mean oh, it. Oh, are you always like this? Um, no, <laughs> no, I have a special reference. But it beautifully toes the line between sort of laughter and grief. I think I'm quoting The Guardian when I say that, but um, they say skillfully toes the line, actually, I think. But <laughs> it's about, essentially, you play Miri, yeah. um, who is a character who... Uh, she's just been released from prison after serving 18 years for quite a serious crime and has to return back to her fairly parochial small town and sort of rebuild her life and blend in. I mean, it is a very serious issue at the heart of the sitcom, so I, I guess I'm wondering why you chose to write it specifically as a sitcom. Um, when I was pitching it to Harry when we were talking about ideas, the main thing was is I don't think you have to choose what something is. So mm. I feel like it could have been just as easily a drama in a way. Mm. Um, I, so I think everything's funny and everything's sad and everything's everything. I felt like you don't have to choose what it is. So mm. I didn't think if I, I knew it was going to be a comedy in in a sense, but 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 I knew it would be as sad as it would be funny. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just sort of went, let's just write this thing, and it could have been a drama. 
<laughs> do you think it needed that yeah. though? Because obviously there's the pathos, but do you think it needed those moments of yeah, levity to balance it out? I think everything mm. does. I mean, I don't know. I really, I don't, I, if I watched something that was just serious, I'd be like, that's not real. That's not true. Like, you yeah. know, I've been in really dark situations where someone gets the giggles. You know, it's, it's humour everywhere. And yeah. anything I write, whether I wrote a really big dramatic film, would ev- everything I wrote would have humour in it because mm. I, I, every situation I've ever been in that's been awful has has been in some way funny mm. to me and that's just how I see things I think that's right I think so, it's just yeah. interesting where the line is isn't it because I think with something like um, well we were just talking about Succession for instance right before yeah. we started and I think the Succession in my head but maybe you disagree I would say that is a drama that's also funny as yes. opposed to being a comedy that's dramatic no that's true. true it leans over yeah, that way but yeah. it's definitely got loads of but, there's, but it's exactly there's loads it's got of detail both. and humour and you know yeah like, like you're let off the has. hook on gags you know you don't have to yes. have you know, in a really lovely way oh, there are Brilliant but though there's some brilliant, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so sharply written. Yeah, and you co-wrote it with Laura. Is it Solon? Yeah, Laura Solon. 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 Well, I hope so because that's what I've been saying, and I know her really well. Then she'll turn to me one day and be like, "Daisy, it's fucking Solon." <laughs> Solon. Oh, Solon. I did it wrong. Oh, I couldn't even do my well, own joke. We, we've got a friend that's saying he's growing up saying his own name wrong. So I mean, oh, well, well know, that's what that. I've done. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to say my name. What's it like working in a duo then, a writing duo? Well, so I so I created it and uh, and and had basically worked on it for four years, and mm. then and then when we got uh, a pilot commission, I was eight months pregnant. So. It was encouraged okay. that I got a co-writer on, and I called Laura because I love Laura, and she's really clever and has a very different brain to me. And she's in LA, and she's super busy and and successful. Um, but she's got a really sort of clear, clear, like I don't know, just really different. I'm the one that's like, oh god, I've just been writing, I've just killed someone. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, okay. She's like, she sort of comes in and cleans up my mess. <laughs> Had you um, worked with her before then? We'd something? worked together. She actually wrote on Man Street Women, and we were oh, we'd actually okay. acted together, but no, we'd never written together. So it was a bit of you know, I just sort of had a strong instinct about it. Um, and it's cool. I mean, like she's in LA. I, I, she does other things as well. She's super, you know, busy. But she's uh, basically all over this, and and we have very different skills. So we just kind of send it to each other and and send each other notes and thoughts and bash out ideas. And mm. it's, I, I've really enjoyed it actually. Brilliant. It's something I was a bit nervous about because I was quite precious about that life. It was like my, you know, I was a bit like, oh, it's my thing. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you know, actually, it's been amazing. Did you create the character for yourself? How did you approach it? Did you go, hmm, I know I'm really good at playing X, Y, and Z, so I work backwards from there? No, or? Weirdly, weirdly, Miri was like the last person we thought about properly, and there was a moment when we were writing where we were like, oh, God, what if she's like, is that, have we even written her well? Because I got so much more excited about writing other people and, like, getting really sort of carried away with the other voices because mm. they were more sort of, you know, sometimes the central character is hard, it's harder. 100%. But I'd always just know that I'd always mm. be like, I think they don't, I know I'm going to do that. I think I'll, I'll just do it on the day. Fingers crossed. <laughs> 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 so there was a moment in read through, I was like, oh my God, what if it's like, I'm like really the shit one and <laughs> I get fired from my own shit. <laughs> I did recently that you like made a decision to give yourself this fringe and then you were stuck with I know I mean, we were laughing about that my agent I was like sorry I had a <laughs> shot to be really hot <laughs> it could have been really glamorous and really nice outfits but I'm basically made myself look hideous with Laura then would you are you planning to sort of like would, would you write always with somebody else do you think or do you think you might write uh, by yourself like, what's I, want your to, I, I mean I love I love to write something else with Laura at some point or if we got a chance to write a second series that'd be lovely um, but I really really want to also write my own yeah. and so that's my next plan really 
Just when you're not um, eight months pregnant. Well, I, yeah, which I'm not at the moment. Uh, so that's good. No more children for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am done. So yeah, no, I definitely, this is definitely. A message to Joe. Yeah. Sorry, we can cut yeah, that. No, I think he's all right with that. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely, definitely, uh, definitely done. Right, yeah. No, what? No, sorry. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely want to write my own. Oh my god. Yeah. I just went off into I don't want any more children, and you don't have to cut that. It's no, true. Okay, just if I do get pregnant, just come and tell me off. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this has, if they see me heavily pregnant, can just be like, "You said that you were done." What I about done. like um, because now you've done your own thing? Do you think you're going to find it hard to go back and just like? Act. Actually, sorry, I know you're doing this thing with Martin Freeman, but do you think there's less appeal just to act on the people stuff now um, or not? Like you still have I think it's quite liberating because you don't have to worry about it. You can mm. just go home. So when I was doing Breeders, I would be like, I'll learn my lines on the way home and then I could just go home. I didn't have to sit up. Oh, so chill. chill. I didn't yeah. have to like lie awake anxiously all night. I just <laughs> learned my lines. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> acting. <laughs> Amazing. So it's all, you know, it's all appealing because it's all different. It's yeah. just about variety, isn't it? Something that um, I think both of us have found a bit is that we're getting told when we're trying to pitch stuff and, and write stuff mm. that commissioners are saying, we want your your story, tell us your story. Now, Back to Life is not autobiographical as far as I'm aware. No. Did you <laughs> encounter not. any of that as sort of those hurdles or not really? Did you manage to navigate around? Well, obviously you did manage to well, well, around it because you got I it mean, made. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I know why they're saying that, which is that obviously when you write from personal experience, it's sort of more truthful, isn't it? The truth is, Back to Life is obviously an extreme backstory. Her backstory is really different, but in terms of the detail of like you know f- relationships and friendships and the characters, there is lots of that that is sort of you know there's lots of that that I, I can draw from my own life or my dad and my dad is a recycling obsessive or you know <laughs> my mum is not quite the same as Geraldine James <laughs> character in it but um <laughs> at all um uh but you know that I think that that just means write what you know in a sense you know try, try and sort of re- make stuff relatable because it'll probably be more authentic or truthful so I think you do that with everything even if you do an extreme idea I think if I was writing mm. a monster movie I'd still write from experience if that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah totally to give it that authenticity yeah, but I do yeah. like the fact that you were able to write a story that you hadn't lived and I do feel there is a bit of a trend at the moment yes. to write something that you can claim then do an article on saying I experienced this. right yes. yeah so yeah, yeah maybe yeah. I haven't had that recently because <clears throat> I haven't pitched anything recently but there's always a, I'll find there's always little phases of of things that people want and mm. you just have to navigate that and if you've got yeah. a good story just sort of really fight to push that yeah. through and and, it, and the more you believe in it the more than other people will I think do you find that there's a recurring theme that goes throughout all your work like for do me you? it's well I have death death I mean it's death. probably just oh, death underpins you. everything you know nihilism and all that but yeah. I do <laughs> I do feel like death just creeps its way into every single thing I write really yeah yes someone's always dying or about to die or yeah you know. no I probably yeah probably yeah mm. death is what well, well death is death is core to death is pretty much I, I think I have purpose, Definite. loss of or lack of purpose, trying to find purpose. That tends to be a thing. It's very tan- <laughs> it's, it's very hard to write about. It's not very concrete. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> Your theme is lack of purpose. Lack of purpose. Mm. I think so. If you had Being to lost summarise or, it. Yeah. The irony yeah. of working really hard in a really focused way to write something about lack of purpose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I think there's probably always a bit of hope I, I like things to be quite dark but then I really love there to be a sort of sweetness to them mm. and, a, and a bit of optimism I that think. definitely comes across in Back to Life I think I think I quite like it, that sort of innocence sometimes because mm. I think of Back to Life really as a kind of an adult beginner it's like a coming of age film really mm. like a sort of indie film about 
it could be about a teenager do you know what I mean yeah sort of like an awkward coming of age film but it's just it's just so it's all the things I ever liked like I love I love those kind of films and then I also like dark dark weirder things yeah it's sort of like that and I was gonna say because there's such a vulnerability to that character and there is something very youthful about her yeah because it's almost like she's trapped you know how Kimmy Schmidt um, doesn't develop yeah, in that yeah, time she's in the bunker, yeah, yeah. it feels a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also how innocence could actually come out of very seemingly dark places, you know, yeah. or even quite twisted places sometimes. Well, there are moments where you see her darkness and also you don't know about her prison experience, you don't know mm. there's another side of her which may be completely lacking in innocence, but there's, in terms of like just having to navigate like everyday life at this stage in her life, she's really, she's an innocent. Yeah. Which is the irony because obviously she's her past is really dark. Mm. Um, so yeah. If you this is a controversial question, heads up. But if you could rewire something about the industry, if you had the ability to change an aspect of this industry, what would you do? Oh, <laughs> if you could wave a magic wand. Well, I mean, I think we need to be listening and hearing all the voices, don't we? Mm. I mean, that's that's hopefully on the turn. Yeah, I think, I think just, that is. Yeah, you can see it happening. I, I, yeah, all the voices, I would say. All the voices. All of the voices. Not just, uh, not just one or two of the voices, but all of the voices yeah. of all of the people. Because we live in a world. <laughs> you know, we live in a, in a world. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. More than one kind of person. <laughs> there may be many worlds. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I just think expansion. But I feel like I, feel like I really hope that's happening anyway. Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that is. Do you think that uh, comedy has changed you in terms of your personality at all? Like, would, did you, in fact, did you, did you, when you left drama school, think you were going to do and go into comedy specifically or not no, at all? No, I didn't. I didn't know, really. I did, um, I remember there was a day when I did two auditions. I did an audition for like a really sort of gritty northern drama playing like a footballer and then an audition for a really posh, silly sort of um, doofus woman in a really extreme comedy and I got down to the last two for both of them I didn't know which one I was going to get but to have a terrible football audition um, you actually had to play football uh, yeah it was so bad amazing um, I was terrible and I think after that day I knew that I definitely wasn't going to get that <laughs> did you lie on your spotlight CV did you yeah, say I mean, football's one of my yeah, skills yeah I thought they could do flamingo <laughs> dancing but, um, um, but yeah no so I um, I uh, yeah, and so then I got the comedy one. And the posh I, one. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, that's going to probably go in that way for a bit. Yeah. So I didn't know what I was going to do. But then I did, I did Harold, you know, I worked with Harold Pinter and I played my sort of, I, I did a mixture. Yeah, yeah, no, you But have. I think once you realise that you, you know, you can be, I think I suddenly saw the power in being silly because I thought there were yeah. lots of people out there who were beautiful and very, very talented, but they they were more afraid of being idiots. And I was like, if I'm not afraid of being an idiot, I should just... Like, let's just work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna be. I'm never gonna be able to pout as, as well as that girl, because I'll always giggle at myself if I'm pouting. So I may as well just make a face. Yeah. <laughs> Do you enjoy auditions? Is it something that you look forward to doing? Sometimes I used to quite like them. Now I think I get probably. I haven't done one for so long. Mm. Um, not because I'm, you know, but just because I've been busy. <laughs> no, because I just get offers. No, not at all. <laughs> but just because I've been busy, and so I haven't I had. I've been writing and then doing and then straight into breeders. I had and I started breeders the day I handed back to life in. Wow. And then I finished breeders and took two months off. So I haven't had. I just haven't, haven't done one for ages. So I think I'd be really nervous. And I never learned my lines for auditions. You, you don't? never? No. Really? Because I'm really bad the first few minutes of having learned my lines if I'm yeah. nervous. So I was like. Well, my, my dad always says, he says, create the circumstances in which you can shine. That's yeah. his sentence. It's a very good sentence. And 
No, I don't. I don't. Controversially, and I'm sure there's some casting directors who hate me for that. But the truth is, I, I really struggle to learn lines. So, and I've got two. I mean, I did, it was the same before I had kids. Like, but I'm going to use them as an excuse as well. But you know, like I've got two kids. Um, if I spent all my energy learning the lines, then I, then in the audition, I might know my lines, but would I be good? Yeah. <laughs> so my thing is like, with the time you've got, sometimes you have no time. Mm. Mm. I'm loving this. So with this. the time you've got, do the thing that will make you good. Okay, I'm. You've literally converted. No, me. because That's no, because I don't. I might ruin your entire career. No, no, I, I don't. I don't get jobs when I audition. So, so this is great. Maybe I should stop is, learning so the lines. What I do is I go. I'm really sorry. You know, I'm not. You know, I mean, like, if I give me the job, if I've got the job, I'll learn the lines. Like, yeah, well, okay. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna not. Oh, know I'll do that bit as well. Yeah, that, the, the whole memory <laughs> test bit. I can do that. I just if I focus all this energy panicking, then I get so nervous about getting the lines right that I then forget all the stuff that I may be all right at which is the acting bit or the yeah. kind of listening bit that I just sort of do a weird parrot thing and it's not very good if you've got a week or two and you can learn them properly and they can go into the right part of you and yeah. you can feel really comfortable and playful I don't you know that's great but if you're given something 24 hours before and you've got you're working another job and you're busy and you just think I haven't got time and it's just upsetting me and I'm getting really anxious mm. Then you're probably not going to be that good if you've spent all your energy doing the memory test rather mm, than doing the totally. So then, what happens is that then, by default, if you then just read it and read it and understand it and keep saying it, doing it out loud and playing with it and sort of really learning the the under bit, not just the lines. Weirdly, sometimes you end up learning the lines, but you've taken all the pressure of yeah, yourself. To That's a really and you good have thing, it in your yeah. hand, and you're like, you know, you make sure you can look up loads. It's not yeah, you don't yeah, sit yeah, down yeah. like this. Not you bloody work on it. You yeah. just don't put all the energy into the technical aspect of the job, which, quite frankly, you're going to do of one course. day. Of course. I yeah. think that makes and that, so much more sense. And then, obviously, there are times where you do an American audition or you there are times where you get a recall and then you have to, you know, not to say never do it, but, you know, there are times where you just can't. Then So, for the US, you're saying you would always learn the lines. Is that right? So, if I, I, I've never been to an American audition, uh, like, in America, I don't think. And But when I do a self-tape, I stick the lines up on behind the camera. Such a good <laughs> oh, yeah, idea. I've never heard about them. this. Yeah. Does it give yeah. you cross? size sometimes <laughs> I, yeah, but I, no, I would just read them so that I can be really free and show them how I could do it once I'd had the time to learn my lines yeah. otherwise I've got to do that self tape tomorrow morning at 10 if I learn the lines for that Oh, I won't be able to learn the lines, and I'll just do a yeah. bad self tape. Yeah. So how do I need to do a good self tape? I need to I need to read it. I need to make sure I'm alive. I need to make sure I understand what I'm saying. So, you know, I, I got stitched up with breeders because I stuck the lines up behind the thingy, and I was a bit grumpy. And I just had a baby. I was like, oh, the other one's watching Night Guard, and there's a newborn sort of asleep. And I sort of Joe held them actually, and I sort of did the thing, and I was like, I'll be fine. And then they said, Can you come for a recall? Oh, <laughs> Two days, and I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, but you know, even then, I didn't. I, I was like, I'll do my best. You know, I have yeah. it in my hands. Well, they say you should have it in your hand because. Because apparently, then it gives them the impression that that's not the finished product. So if you're very but this good, is the thing. I mean, obviously, 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 this is different for everybody. And I know loads of people who were like, "Oh my god, I could never go into audition without learning my lines." I feel so much better when I do, and I'm like, "That's totally great." You do, but you? it's what you. Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> but for me, I would just be so anxious about getting something wrong that I'd forget that it doesn't matter. You know. Like, but it's that's it, character. you see. But I'm, I think it's so nice to hear from someone who successfully auditions that learning the lines is not... Um, there are a few it, kinds it, of directors that really hate it, though. So just always check. You can give me their names <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> there's, I think there's one that did a whole like thing about it. She hated oh, okay. it. Okay. I was like, <laughs> that's why you don't see me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no. But yeah, I, I think that you can... You know, it's really not about not working. It's just about... Oh, exactly. But, you know, everyone wants to see the person that's right for the job. And so do what you can do to be best yeah yeah totally without getting totally stressed what do you do to switch off do you have any 
major passions outside of your career or is there just no time for anything at the moment drinking (laughs) (laughs) yes she did ask for a gin (laughs) no No, i am oh we don't know we just we're very social at home me and joe um yeah we're really social we've got loads of really fun friends and we love just hanging out with the kids and playing really and doing discos in the front room and having a big bubble bath and just being idiots do you find it quite easy to detach then? Like, you know, there's almost two different people. There's Daisy, the career no. woman. And <laughs> I'm not really a career woman, though. So, no, I think they're all the same. They're all quite the same person. I found it hard. It's hard when you're doing, a, you know, like something back to life that is consuming. And Joe was doing the music. So we were like, you know, we, we, we were, it was hard to stop mm. then. But then we sort of, you know, just mix it all in, really. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we also, we... Uh, I bought a house in Greece, which makes me sound really rich. Oh, not at all. Not at all. It was more that I did a really stupid thing, really, and just kind of went. It was like um, we were talking about it, and I was like, we could just like remortgage, and we could just like get this little ruin, and then one day, oh so God. um, so did when we didn't like couldn't afford. That's it. a dream moment. That's yeah, like, that was a dream yeah. moment actually. Then that was yeah. basically after talking to somebody who was saying that, you know, oh, do things when you're young, you can figure it out. And so I did a bit of a wild move there. Um, but it's worked out, and we slowly sort of renovated it over the years. Oh and my then, God, where is amazing. it? It's in Crete. Oh, so we went oh. there for two months, and we just totally hung oh out. God. So we've got a neighbour who like brings us apricots, and oh. we just totally switched off, and it was amazing. And the kids like know everyone in the village, and it's just really magical. That's why you're that glowing. Really <laughs> you did look very brown. No, that was, was like, wow. eight. No, I got back a month ago. We we're all still thinking, about, when can we go back? But think, you know, like that's obviously really, you know. And then, I, then my plan was like. When work dries up, yeah. I can rent it out and start a Cretan business. Oh, <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> so yeah. nice. You know, like end up living, you know, on an island with loads and loads of dogs, uh, with, lo- with renting out little cottages in Crete. I'll be very happy. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Will will come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, but yeah, no, we're, very, we're pretty good at relaxing and having a nice time and, uh, and social and sort of silly. Sounds like you've got good balance. Idea. Well, I mean, no, because I, I really believe that family and friends and all that is is so important you've got to get your priorities in check no but you have to get like that's why you know I had a really busy year and it was like we have to readdress this and so two months of no work at all has to happen and then it did happen and then now I'm really skinned panicking (laughs) for those two months then do you just say like to your agent I'm busy I'm not yeah yeah I was like you know I was like well because I hadn't stopped as well and I was like yeah we just have to and they were they're amazing but I'm with Troika and they're absolutely amazing they, they get my priorities they understand if anything's mm. filming away I'm like nah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to put my kids to bed and you know when we're filming back to life I still manage to put them to bed every night well, I have read about this and, um, because it just sounded brilliant I would just say for people who don't know that oh, you yeah. changed the filming schedule so you ran you didn't do lunch <laughs> is that right but then everybody got to go whenever home we could we couldn't yeah. oh, you can't always no. do that but yeah we we were like let's try and make it really good hours um, and so people like can go home to their flatmates or their boyfriends or their girlfriends yeah. or their partners or whatever and because they are ludicrously long days on set and you do sometimes think this could move a bit yeah faster. and I think yeah. I understand sometimes it can't but yeah. there are some situations and some shows where you're like it doesn't have to be so hard yeah, you need no. to decompress or surely you can't be putting out your best work all the time if you're well, just yeah, up I against mean, so it everyone's different aren't they like there's some some work ethics are, are like you know just work everyone to the bone and sometimes that works but I think I'll always try and do shows where everyone can have a life because I, mm. I believe that having a life makes you better at your for me it makes me better at my job so so you know to know that people good. can have a nice weekend you know and actually have a break and then come in yeah. then I just I think that makes you look forward to work more yeah whereas if you feel like brutalized <laughs> and just shredded then it, you know you're probably not going to be 
your best. No. But hang on, just um, I'm confused now, because Back to Life is filmed by the sea. So we did one week in Hythe um, and Dungeness, oh, uh, but the rest of the time we East were London. in like a seven minute... I did a circle around my house. Okay, <laughs> I was like seven minutes from my house. This will and do. The kids will we'll come for lunch. It. Yeah, that's yeah. so nice. So yeah, but, but I took the whole family to Hyde as well. Oh wow, brilliant! So yeah. What are your aspirations for the next couple of years? Then I know it's bad to keep looking no, forward all the time I, um, in life. But. I would like to. I would love to write another series of Back to Life. Um, mm, I'd I, love you to too. I would love Breeders to go again because that's a really fun job too and a really great part. Mm. And then I would like to write. Uh, I'd like to write some films. Yes, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I really want to write a couple of films, really different ones. Um, Comedy or? Uh, I'd like to do a really good monster film. <gasps> and I'd like to do a really good, cool indie film, I think, to start with. And then I've got another series idea. So I've got lots that I want to do, but also, I also want to have like three really long holidays. Well, you've got the Airbnb <laughs> I want to, to never start, work you know? in school holidays. <laughs> and then always work nine to five. Well, nine to two. <laughs> 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 work out a way of basically your last event of the working day. really hard, but then, uh, but then with really big, big gaps and lots of nap times and lots nap of nap times. Time. <laughs> so it sounds like an excellent aspiration. <laughs> That's my aspiration. Um, so very finely, because it actually is two o'clock, isn't it? But um, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Yes. If there's one thing that comedy um, has taught you about life, what do you think that would be? Well, I mean, you know, just laugh at stuff. <laughs> laugh at stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't take, don't take it. You know, it's gonna be all right. Just have a laugh. I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? Something really awful happens, and then I'm, they're like, oh, Daisy said laugh. Just have a laugh. No, it's true. No, but do your very best to find the positive. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you can't. So when you can, grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good word. Thank you so much. Thank you. For your joy. Thank you. Thanks. Great big owl.